From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Joe Biden's victory in the United States has already had ramifications for Australian politics. Both major parties are dealing with internal tension as they grapple with what the end of the Trump era means. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the political shockwaves rolling across the Pacific. Paul, Donald Trump is still refusing to concede the election, but as it's become clear that Joe Biden has won, how have our leaders here in Australia responded? Oh, well, as the Biden victory slowly built a head of steam, matched by Trump's unfounded claims that the election was being stolen, well, Labor leader Anthony Albanese thought he'd score a political point, but he made a rather naive challenge to the Prime Minister. He should be uh, contacting President Trump and conveying Australia's strong view that democratic processes must be respected. It is absolutely... Anthony Albanese last week said Morrison should defend democracy by calling Donald Trump and getting him to accept the results of the election. I think it was Albanese pushing the envelope to try to show that uh, Morrison claimed he was a mate of Trump's, but he couldn't even ring him. Australia should consistently argue for free and fair elections where every vote is counted. And Scott Morrison must do so consistently. Well, the Prime Minister ignored, if not resisted, the call. Well, I I found it, um, frankly, a little odd that he would think that Australia should take a different position to every other world leader. I mean, I've simply said the same thing that other world leaders have said, and that is we respect the institutions, we respect the democracy, and and we should be patient. But Scott Morrison, he has now congratulated Joe Biden on his win? Yeah, he has. uh, As soon as the election was called by the US media outlets, uh, Morrison tweeted his response. After that, uh, in the formality of the Australian Parliament on Monday... Uh, He saluted the Biden victory, and that was pretty important because it underlined our acceptance of the American democracy. I join with other nations and other nations' leaders, Mr Speaker, and say on behalf of the Australian government and the Australian people that I congratulate President-elect Joe Biden and Vice-President-elect Kamala Harris on their election. Almost 150 million... Morrison emphasised that he was joining other nations in doing so. And he was doing it as an enduring alliance partner. The Prime Minister spoke about the Australian alliance with the US, which he says is built on fundamental shared values. We share now in that special custodianship of that relationship that has endured so long and been so important to the citizens of both our countries. And I have absolutely every confidence it will continue to go from strength to strength as we work again with an old friend of Australia, President-elect Joe Biden. And uh, what about Anthony Albanese? Oh, well, Ruby, perhaps uh, realising his call was a bit over the top, he backtracked. No, I've, I've said very clearly, I've said very clearly that what Scott Morrison needed to do was to stand up for democratic values and to make that publicly. He's done that. He's done that today. That's a good thing. 
The opposition leader told reporters on Sunday that Morrison had now stood up for democracy. And it's notable, Ruby, that both sides of politics in Australia have repudiated Trump's scorched earth tactics. You know, they're the tactics often employed by defeated combatants as they retreat, just leaving wreckage for their victors to deal with. So when it was all said and done, Australia's political leaders were actually among the first to declare their faith in America's democratic system when the Biden victory in the presidential election became clear. They both know that what was at stake was the credibility of a nation that for the past 75 years has claimed and indeed performed the role of the leader of the free world. Okay, so Morrison and Albanese are in harmony then on this. However, is this show of solidarity somewhat undermined by the response from other coalition members, people like George Christensen? Well, you could say that, uh, especially if you take them very seriously. uh, But the fact is some members of the coalition backbench have been echoing Trump's conspiracy theories. The Nationals' George Christensen, for one, kept posting the latest bizarre theories on social media, despite Facebook superimposing warnings of, quote, false information checked by independent fact-checkers, end quote. But it's not only the usual suspects on the crazy right of the government wondering if Morrison's endorsement of the Biden win was premature. Others privately are saying to me that they're worried that such is the vehemence of Trump's victory claims and multiple legal challenges that perhaps there's something in it. And I've got to say, in that, the defeated president has succeeded in undermining the legitimacy of the Biden victory, not only in these people's view, but in in many, which I'm sure is his whole intention. Right. But overall, Paul, these views are, are not common. Well, Ruby, Australia and America's other Five Eyes security partners are determined to quash those doubts. Our ambassador in Washington, Arthur Sinodinus, was in urgent talks with his counterparts from Canada, New Zealand and Britain. The leaders of all four countries were quick to accept the election outcome as it was tabulated by the major American media outlets from results posted by the vote count in all 50 states. And there was nothing new or unusual about that. And in Canberra, both parties are now focusing on what this change in presidency will mean for them. We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Paul, let's look forward to what a Biden presidency means for Australia. How do you think it will reshape the politics of the major parties? It'll certainly put pressure on them. Uh, Let's start with Labor. Now comes the task, Ruby, of adapting to the global leadership on key issues that Biden is promising. 
Albanese was fast out of the blocks. He had a simple message on the weekend. President-elect Biden is committed to net zero emissions by 2050, in stark contrast to the Morrison government. Australia is now isolated on climate change and was at the last international conference. Uh, Scott Morrison pretends uh, that black is white. Pretends that he... The Labor leader says that Australia is now isolated on climate change. He noted that all our major trading partners have committed to the net zero target. China has nominated 2060. Uh, Morrison only hopes to get there sometimes in the second half of the century. Although I'm under a bit of pressure this week in Parliament, he brought that forward saying he hopes we might get there sooner. Now, Mr Speaker, when it comes to the matter of net zero by 2050, Australia would like to meet that as quickly as possible, as quickly as is able, Mr Speaker. And that is why the Energy Minister and the Minister for Emissions Reduction has set out the technology roadmap, which is the way that that can be achieved, Mr Speaker. But Ruby, Labor's resources spokesman, Joel Fitzgibbon, well, he had a different message. As he left his home in the Hunter Valley to come to Canberra for Parliament, he began calling journalists. His concern was that the Biden victory and the new president's ambitious policies on climate change would lead his colleagues to what he called overreach. And this overreach would lead to yet another election defeat. He's convinced that Biden's commitment to a carbon target in 30 years' time wasn't the most significant factor in the election result. Right. And so what was the fallout from that, from Joel Fitzgibbon breaking ranks like this? Well, Albanese was furious that one of his front bench was running such public interference, especially as the Biden win was a perfect opportunity for a reset Well, it led to an angry blow-up at Monday night's shadow cabinet meeting in Canberra. Albanese tackled his old mate, as he calls him, head-on. Shadow Attorney-General from Victoria, Mark Dreyfus, chimed in, calling Fitzgibbon a disgrace. And Fitzgibbon, according to sources in the room, shot back, shut up, you idiot. Some thought Albanese was on the brink of sacking Fitzgibbon. But he was beaten to the punch. The resources spokesman decided then and there to quit the portfolio. This morning I went to see my mate Anthony Albanese uh, and informed him that I was stepping down from the shadow cabinet effectively immediately. Sounds fiery, Paul. What have they all said about that meeting since? Well, interestingly, Ruby, uh, I guess with so many witnesses, uh, neither Fitzgibbon nor Dreyfus contradicted the reports uh, of their biffo in Shadow Cabinet when they gave interviews midweek. Dreyfus told ABC Radio in Melbourne that Fitzgibbon represents no more than a handful of votes in the party room and that the election of Joe Biden means the US and the world will be taking more action on climate change and not less. Not surprisingly, it was gold for Morrison who paints Fitzgibbon as a victim of Labor's climate zealots at the expense of coal miners and resource workers in regional Australia. The member for Hunter has been driven out of the shadow cabinet, Mr Speaker, driven out, driven out by an ideological group of zealots, Mr Speaker, on this side of, on that side of the House, who have no interest in the jobs of Australians in regional areas. That is the view of the member for Hunter. But you know, Ruby, Joel Fitzgibbon's concerns over Biden-inspired overreach are not confined to climate change. They also go to heading off any temptation Albanese might have 
to repeal the tax cuts for high-income earners due to coming in 2024. Well, I have a very simple view uh, on this question of tax. Never get in the way of a punter and a legislated tax cut. The $130 billion package would see someone on an income of $200,000 getting a cut of just over $9,000 a year, while someone on 50000 gets just $125 a year. Well, Albanese tried to knock this top-end generosity out when it came into the parliament and has kept open the option of looking at it again. And I've got to tell you, this has already given Morrison the opening to brand the Labor leader as big taxing as his predecessor, Bill Shorten. Mm. So is that a line that you think will work, Paul? Well, Ruby, uh, election reviews showed voters trusted Morrison more on tax and the economy than his Labor opponents. And the fact is that, like in America, it'll be the voters who'll have the last say on this at the next election. Democracy, Ruby, messy and all as it is, thankfully still rules in both countries. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, The Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Also in the news today, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison has held his first phone call with President-elect Joe Biden. They discuss the US-Australia alliance and, according to Biden, the need to confront climate change. And the federal government has announced a special investigator will be appointed to prosecute allegations of Australian war crimes in Afghanistan. It comes as a long-awaited report into the conduct of special forces is set to be released. 7am is a daily show from the Monthly and the Saturday paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. Elle Marsh is our Features and Field Producer in a position supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our Editor-in-Chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.